Hey, it's Alana, and I am here to chat with you today about what to do if you absolutely despise the editing process. I think this is a very, very common pitfall that we can get into. A lot of us love the first draft. We love the creative energy. We love the plotting and daydreaming and executing. And then we end up having to edit, and it can feel like a very abrupt halt to our momentum. So we're gonna be talking about some practical and logistic ways to get over editing hangups and also some of the mindset things. Why is it that editing is a problem area for you and what can you do to address that mindset issue behind it? So I'm gonna start by throwing out just some quick suggestions, quick wins that might help you if you're just having a little bit of a sluggish energy going into your editing, here are a few things you can try. One would be to break it up into smaller chunks, especially if you're more of a big idea person and less of a minute detail person. The amount of mental energy that it takes to pay really close attention to line edits, it's very taxing mentally. So break it up. You might edit slower than you write, and a lot of us feel like it shouldn't be that way, but if that's how it is, that's totally fine. Do what works for you. Another option, in addition to kind of breaking up your editing into smaller chunks, is to reward yourself. Maybe after every chapter you edit, you take a bite out of a candy bar. Like I know that sounds small and silly, but sometimes just knowing that there's a tiny bit of a reward at the end can feel motivating to us, especially if you like gamified types of motivation. You could do something like for every chapter I edit, I'm going to put $5 or $1 or a quarter into a jar. And when I'm done, I'm going to go get a nice fancy coffee. There are lots of things that don't have to break the bank that don't really feel like they should make or break your motivation, but they'll still serve as a nice incentive and maybe even add a tiny level of play. You can take colored post-its. This is one thing that I'll do when my motivation is very, very lacking. And I will write on those colored post-its, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, however many chapters I want to get done that day. And as I finish each chapter, I take that post-it, I crumble it up, I put it in a vase, and I watch that vase grow full of colored crumpled post-its. It's small. It's not, like I said, something that you feel like should make or break your motivation, but acknowledging little tiny wins, especially if it's a draining and taxing busy work kind of job like editing can be really, really useful. And honestly, a lot of these tips that I'm going to be throwing out here at the beginning can apply not just to editing, but to any of the admin type things in your writing career that you find draining or taxing or you wish you didn't have to do. Another one that I'll throw on here is change your scenery. Sometimes I'll actually take my laptop from my office, put it on the kitchen uh, table and do some busy work there. Like if it's, if it's busy work that's so draining that I don't even want to kind of pollute my office space and this nice happy feeling I've got in my office by doing this work that I know is going to make me miserable. I'll move somewhere else. 
Sometimes back when uh, we lived next to a, a real nice big library that was open to the public, we would I would go there with the kids and I would kind of time myself. And this is another example of kind of gamifying things. I'd say, okay, we're going to be here 45 minutes. I'd have my laptop with me and I'd say, how much stuff can I get done right now? I do that more for busy work, but it's sometimes really nice for the edits or the busy work that you really dislike to go somewhere else. It's a way to remind yourself you're not going to be there permanently. And it's also a way of keeping your writing space for the fun and creative work and having another space for the what feels like drudgery type of work. Some people have a lot of luck doing editing dates with friends, right? You'll meet on Zoom or across the table from each other at a coffee shop if you're local or something like that. And you'll have... Um, not quite back and forth, like you won't be chatting the whole time, but you'll both be working the whole time. And sometimes that can be an incentive as well, especially if you find that you're more motivated by external factors. You want to make other people happy. You want to meet other people's deadlines. You want to rise up to other people's expectations. Having a friend who you can mutually support each other and have that accountability can be great. Another thing, this is something that I will do a ton. Couple the editing with something you really enjoy. This could be a soundtrack that you love to listen to or the fancy coffee creamer and not the everyday coffee creamer. Something that adds one level of enjoyment to what you're doing. Um, maybe it's that you've got these luxurious slippers and you're going to wear them when you do your editing. Just one or two things. And what can happen if you do that regularly, your brain will start making associations. Your brain will say, oh, editing is where I wear this, you know, nice blanket and feel warm and cozy. And so editing is a warm, cozy feeling. There are ways you can actually hack your brain a little bit so that some of these tasks, you can train yourself to associate with them associate them with something that's a little more pleasant. All right, so those are some short ideas just for quick wins you can try. That's my spaghetti on the wall. Take one or two of those ideas, give it a go, see if that helps. Here's a couple practical things related specifically to editing that might also help. One would be to hire a first draft editor this increased my productivity significantly when I started that because I was hearing of a lot of authors who were doing a book a month. And I said, you know what? I could write a book a month, but I don't want to edit a book a month. And so I started to take my sloppy first drafts, pay somebody to do nothing but clean the typos. And then what I got back didn't feel nearly as overwhelming. Okay. So that's, that's one option. A lot of people have more success editing if they print up their manuscript and do their edits by hand. Or I know of some people who are doing their edits now with like a tablet with a pen where you can handwrite notes and that will transcribe it digitally for you. Sometimes things that aren't typing at your keyboard at your laptop help again make that distinction between when I'm sitting here at my computer with my keyboard, I am in creative mode. When i am got my pen and my pad of paper or my binder or whatever you're using, I'm in editing mode. And it's nice in as much as we can to keep those two modes separate, right? We don't want to be uh, super critical when we're writing our first drafts. Now, some people write very, very clean first drafts and edit as they go. I'm not necessarily speaking to you, but what freed me up to write faster is knowing that my first draft was going to get cleaned up 
by somebody else so that I could just speed through the first draft and then get back something that was more manageable, more workable. And then when I got it back, I would often print it up. And again, that felt like a slightly different type of work. It felt a little more relaxing. When I'm at my desk, I'm actually at a stand-up desk. When I print up a manuscript, I can sit down on my couch and feel cozy and not be like shut away in the office. I can do it with the family around, things like that. So all of these things were kind of pulling a lot of things together of having pleasant associations, right? Being warm and cozy, having a nice drink, um, being in a different spot than where you do your creative work can be helpful. Another thing that can be useful is to do the same um, format and pipeline and workflow for your edits. So what I mean by that is early on, I would basically edit until it felt ready. And then I'd send it to my professional editor and they would send it back to me. And then I'd send it back to them for one last proofread and they'd send it back to me. And then I'd decide, do I want to give it one more read or is it ready to go? Once I got more prolific and got faster, it got kind of hard to keep track. And I realized I needed a better system when I sent my proofreader the same manuscript that I had sent to like a month earlier. She's like, you know what? I already edited this once. <laughs> and so what I started to do is I, I came up with a workflow and it was something like this. So I wrote it. I edited it once on the screen. I printed it up and edited it once on paper. I sent it to the proofreader. I addressed their changes and recommendations. I sent it back for a final proofreading and then it was done. And what that did is it set parameters around the editing process because some people can edit forever, right? And you're never gonna feel like it's totally perfect and totally polished and you're never gonna feel like it's totally done. And so sometimes setting parameters, saying I'm going to do this many edits and then it's it's out into the world, especially as you're adding more and more books. Now, if you're just writing a book and then editing the book and then taking a break and then thinking about your next book, it's it's probably more OK to figure it out as you go, release it when it's ready. But if you're to where, you know, you're writing one first draft, you're editing another first draft, you're getting another book ready to publish, it's hard to keep track of where all of those are. And so having a standardized editing process can actually help quite a bit. And then last, I just want to address some of the mindset issues that might make us hate editing more than we should. And so I want to come up with some of the common reasons why authors do dislike editing and give some suggestions specific to that. And so it's useful to have tricks up your sleeve to make editing less of a pain, but if you know why editing is such a pain for you, you can be more specific in how you address it. So for a lot of us, we don't like editing because we're in a rush. We're, we finish one book and we're already two stories ahead, right? We don't want to think about whether she had brown, brown eyes or blue eyes in chapter three so that we can keep it the same in chapter seven. We want to go and write about her, you know, her sister and give, give that story. It's, its own life. And so if you're the head in the clouds type of writer, I certainly am, you are definitely going to have a hard time with the editing because it feels like you're slowing down. You're, you're going to say to yourself, I've already written this book. Why do I have to go back and address it? So one thing that I like to do is constantly remind myself of all of the great projects that I get to start once the editing is complete. And so th this can be in two ways. It can be once I finish editing this whole book, I get to start this next book. 
Or it could be once I'm done with my editing for the day, I get to do my writing for the day. Either way, based on whether you like to do chunks of work or kind of a little bit of this each day and a little bit of that each day, that's something you can keep in mind. Keep in mind the reward that's coming at the end, which is another book that you get to write. A lot of authors have a hard time with edits because like I said, we can be kind of big picture people and the minute details of the edits can be a taxing. And it can also feel very negative too because when you're editing, you're focusing on what's wrong, right? And that can be just kind of a, a drain. If you're a very optimistic person, it can be a drain to go into something deliberately looking for mistakes. If that's you, I would say, trust the professionals to do the mistake finding things and you just focus on doing a really, really, really good story. So your edits might look like more the polishing and making sure the story's perfect and your characters are perfect. And then like rely on your proofreader to get the actual mistakes. And that might mean doing like two rounds of proofreading. I rarely publish a book that hasn't gone through two different professional editors in addition to my self-edits that I do. And that's because I don't like getting so detail-oriented and I type really, really fast. And so I want somebody else to go in and fix the times where I say T-E-H instead of T-H-E and things like that. So that is something to keep in mind. A lot of the editing process, especially the more detailed it needs to be, does a comma go here or there, that can go to somebody else. And sometimes that's a great way to save yourself some mental energy for sure. And then one last thing, if you're just in the space of, I want to be writing, I don't want to be editing, I want to be writing, just remind yourself that a polished professional book is going to sell more copies. Uh, in general, I encourage authors, don't worry too much about reviews. Um, a 4.2 average isn't going to sell better than a 4.4 star average, right? But the reviews that do hurt are the ones that say, this book had a ton of spelling errors, ton of typos. I could barely get through it because it was edited so poorly. And those reviews are, they, they follow you even after you get it edited. So remind yourself, don't skip the step of putting out a professional quality product. And what that's going to do is that's going to buy you more creative freedom in the future, right? The more books you sell, the more freedom you have to continue writing. For those of you who are doing a nine to five job, the more books you sell, the sooner you can get out of that nine to five should you decide to go that route. Or the more books you sell, the more help you can hire to do some of the energy draining tasks that you don't like to do. So just remember, creating a polished professional product is going to pay back in the end. It's going to buy you more creative freedom. So if you hate editing because you just want to be writing, just remember having a professionally edited work that you can be proud of is going to sell so much better. And that is going to mean that you will have a more long-term writing career and the time you're spending now, the energy you're spending now, the money you're spending now, getting those edits done is going to buy you much more creative freedom in the future. I hope that was helpful. And I hope that this gave you some tips 
and ideas, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. If you want some help with your Amazon ads and don't know where to start, you can get the Amazon ads starter kit for free when you sign up at courses.alanaterry.com slash kit. This will give you everything you need to get your ads running in 30 minutes or less when you sign up for free at courses.alanaterry.com slash kit for your Amazon ads starter kit today.